Give me one yeah. second. I got to close my door. Okay. Thanks for the announcement. I just did. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for like a, I was waiting for I, like somebody to walk in off screen or something. Look at all the, the flight screen. He has flight. Look at his flight controls to the right and left. This stuff. Yes. They are actually he's probably pretty. Flying right now, people, for all we know. Yeah. What people don't know about Josh is sometimes he'll be on Discord being like, "Oh, I'm working." And you're like, "What?" He's like, "Well, I'm flying from uh, New Mexico up to Oregon right now, or cross country." And I'm like, "Oh, really? You're flying?" You're like, "Yes, in the virtual world." Yeah. He's a test pilot in the virtual world, which isn't nearly as dangerous as Chuck Yeager, but or cool. He can or as cool, but he thinks he's just as cool. I'm starting it's this good. thing. Okay. Can I do that? Hello and welcome to the unnamed Eraser Podcast. I'm Parker Kligerman, NASCAR driver, and you know the rest. Joined by the guy who tried to give me a black flag in Monday Night Racing, but was not able to. Joshua Mendoza, Mr. Race Control, and the guy who is obsessed with finding weird stuff on YouTube. The controller king, AJ Anderson. Let's start this thing. Who made you say that? <laughs> Did they send you something weird you on always, YouTube recently? You always find weird stuff on YouTube. You're, you're logged into the uh, Eraser YouTube account oh, a lot no. of the time. So I know you're watching. Right? Oh, no. I I cannot believe the things it recommends to us on the Eraser YouTube channel, thanks to AJ's all, watch history. You know, I have good AJ. taste. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you say, bud. <laughs> he, he does love YouTube, so I just think of him as the YouTube guy. Yeah, that's... Uh... Also, this week, AJ would like everyone to know that he works out, as you can see directly behind him. He has a faux Peloton. Um, it's a Schwinn, all right? It's a Schwinn. <laughs> put respect yep. on the name, Parker. Put respect. I want you to know yeah. he is fit and he works out. Just want to put it out there. Yep. Josh I... would like you to know uh, thank you for your support behind him. And throw yeah, back to you. Yeah, that you can totally read that's on his bed. Yeah. I need to write uh, on my whiteboard behind me something. Yeah. Um, I'm just gonna I'll move it forward so the background is in the foreground for just a little bit. There you go. You can we we're saying thank you for your support. So yeah, that's hey, uh, for the well, listeners out there. He's holding a sign that he created that says the Eraser unnamed or the unnamed Eraser podcast. Thank you for your support. Yes, thank so, you. Yeah, absolutely, it's really cool. Hey guys, I have I have oh. breaking news. Okay, go. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. Nine minutes ago, nine minutes ago, I got a text from one of my friends. Hi, Josh. I put a very delayed birthday card on, on your porch under the mat no. for you. No. Yes. No. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? It's that basically mean been a month from his birthday. Where people are still <laughs> celebrating it. Oh, my God. What the heck, man? What is it? You ago. can't even write this stuff. Like you couldn't Dude. write this. Don't believe it. He Come literally on. has a birthday that never ends. It's always Josh's birthday every day. Well, hold no on. No one else is allowed. Can I go grab it? Can I just go grab it right now? I guess so. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Let Josh walk through his mansion. Take? Yeah. I was going to say, what his, is, how long is this going to yeah, take? Yeah. His Hollywood Hills mansion that his family has. <laughs> I can't believe this guy. His birthday celebrations are. I mean, the Emperor of Rome had a more <laughs> subdued birthday celebration. Here we go, boys. What's up? There it is. You getting any money? There better be some money in there. We like to celebrate George Washington's birthday. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. It's a dog in a uh, 
wrapped around with a blanket. It's a, and it just says, happy birthday. Pugs and hugs on your birthday. There you go. No. No, they didn't even write a meaningful note or have a gift. They just no, there, there, a there's, a, there's a meaningful note in here. Oh. Oh. Happy no, birthday. Happy we don't, you don't have to read it. Okay, I won't read all of it. All right. Anyways, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, all right. We've established it's still Josh's birthday one <laughs> month afterwards. Also this weekend, guys, bunch of racing. We had uh, Formula Un in Imola. We had NASCAR in Dega. And I think overall, pretty interesting weekend. Let's start with the Formula Un uh, series, Formula One, um, because it was a sprint weekend uh, where they do the sprint qualifying race, which was actually pretty epic for a sprint qualifying race, which I expected to be sort of a train around Imola and no passing whatsoever. And then we had passing. We had a pass for the lead, which is the first time ever in an F1 sprint race, which was a hilarious statistic considering I think it was the third one. Uh, imagine a NASCAR goes three races without a single pass for the lead. <laughs> there would be <laughs> there would be riots in the streets. Well, we went we went one. Where did we go? One. Martinsville. Oh, Martinsville. Yeah, that was that. Well, yeah, but we only had one. So don't don't give us three. Uh, and then, yeah, I thought that was an interesting race. It was it was a cool one. What do you think? The sprint race. Nah, I I. I love the idea of the sprint race, but I feel like it's just, you know, it takes away the excitement for the actual Grand Prix, which becomes, you know, we had an incredible starting lineup for the sprint race, which made the sprint race super interesting and exciting. But I would say that it kind of drowned out what the Grand Prix's start was supposed to be like and, you know, what could have happened Mm -hmm. watching the Grand Prix over time. So. I mean, I think it's really cool, but I think it took the excitement away from the Grand Prix pretty significantly. Hmm. I don't mind the sprint races. I feel like it gives us more content, but I don't like I how they move qualifying to Friday. Oh, yeah. Qualifying is one of my favorite things, one of most people's yep. favorite things, because it's so exciting in F1. And most people are at work on Friday, so they can't watch qualifying. And F1's like the biggest sport in the world, so you're immediately going to get it spoiled for you if you go anywhere on social media before you watch it. Mm-hmm. So not a big fan of that. Yeah, I um, I was really frustrated because I woke up in the morning and I went to go set my lineup for the race and it was already locked on Friday. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? So I had like, I, Woj, yeah, or Joe or something like that. And then like a bunch of like, fortunately, the McLaren people actually did good because I had Daniel Ricardo and Lando Norris. I was just I swapped them in earlier in the week because they were just to the moon in their value. Yep. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to ride this and then I'm going to swap them out. But yeah. Uh, we'll get into fantasy stuff later, but I, I sort of am torn with the sprint races because like you, AJ, I love qualifying in formula one. I think it's one of the most exciting facets of formula one. I liked it when it was single car, one lap. I liked it back in the day when it was hour long sessions that you just ripped off laps throughout the session. I like it in the current knockout format. I think it's just always been Formula One has been about at least having that moment where the driver, you know, can just nail a lap and it's so awesome to see or put it all on the line or Max Verstappen hitting the wall at what was it, Jetta last year or, or, or was that Jetta or um or uh Singapore last year. Singapore yeah, when Jetta. he hit the wall in qualifying on the mm-hmm. last corner. Yeah, so, that was insane. 
that was insane. Like that, but that's there's so many moments in history that do that. Now, as a, also a purveyor of progress, I'm hesitant to knock it down because it's sort of like you put. There's more content. It's more racing. This should be something that no racing series is afraid of doing, which is sort of stepping out of the norm. So I think if they keep it, you know, I saw that the teams basically said they want to keep doing it in 2023, uh, which is interesting. I just seriously wonder if it proves to be more like the first couple and less like this one at Imola. I seriously wonder if it will make it past 2023 and they just say, screw it, let's go back to qualifying, add an extra like practice session or a pre-qualifying session or something. Like if you had more cars, that could be an interesting you know, addition to qualifying where it's almost another knockout round, right? Like a Q4. If you go to 22 or 24 cars uh, in the future here, which I don't know the teams want to do, but I know there's the interest for it. So I think that could be sort of be a way of getting rid of the sprint races. I don't like all the points they're handing out. I don't like points eighth through first or, you know, first through eighth. To me, it's like, come on, what are we doing here? So I think I propose an idea. Mm-hmm. Let's not, let's stop half half ass in the old sprint races. All right. Mm. Reverse grid. I That's the way. Reverse grid. Reverse grid. If you're going to do it, it's the only way. To yeah. me, that's the you great, great point. If you're going to do it, then the only way to do it and really truly to do it, and if you're going to give away eight points from first to eighth, then you got to split, you got to reverse the grids. You got to flip them up upside yeah. down. It's the only way to do it. Yeah, and Josh what you can do is, yeah, he disagrees because then you can't qualify. But what you could do mm-hmm. is you'd make it some sort of combined think about that. between qualifying and the sprint race that allows you, yeah, you make it algorithm on pole. So you basically, if you win the pole, you're gonna finish. You know, as long as you don't crash and finish dead last, you could, you know, you're gonna get yourself on the front row again. That could be exciting. That would do it for me. Uh, my main issue with that is, is we've seen how terrible Mercedes is this year. Lewis Hamilton would be back on the front row of a sprint race if we did a reverse <laughs> grid. Do we really want to put Lewis Hamilton back on the on the front row of anything? Bring up a, yeah, bring up a great point, Josh. Three or four seconds slow. I would like to see it. I think that would be cool. I think we don't get to see. Formula One drivers race enough, right? To be put in those positions. I think it'd be really interesting. I think they would enjoy it. I think the drivers would love that because you're rewarded for where you're qualifying because it has some sort of, you know, aggregated score. And then two, they get to go race. And like, hey, Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc, you're now starting dead last in this deal. Good luck. <laughs> it'd be anarchy. It'd be awesome. It'd be, it'd be awesome, yeah. It. I'd love yeah. it. Uh, going into the race, the actual Grand Prix, not it looked like it was going to be awesome with weather, right? So it started out 30 minutes before the race. It's soaking wet. It starts to dry up. They end up going on inters mostly to start. It felt like any minute it was going to rain. It looked like it. Teams kept saying every 20 minutes it's going to rain. It didn't rain, and they basically all ran around lockstep, and it was not nearly as exciting. That uh, and whoever was at race control decided to leave DRS turned off for like three quarters of the race until they remembered (laughs) that they had that button to turn on. (laughs) That was interesting too. I'm not sure about that one. And I loved Crofty when he was like, I don't know, but I would have turned it on three laps ago. (laughs) Yeah. And I agree though. I mean, if you're going to have the damn thing then use it and put it on because it probably would have had a couple more passes. The only crazy thing that happened, correct me if I'm wrong, AJ was Charles Leclerc, trying to make that 
you know, make up the time through uh, the Varianti Alta, the top chicane at the top of Imola, and screwed it all up and put himself in the barrier and threw away a third place finish at least. Yeah. I, yeah. one of my favorite things, which you usually don't see in F1 is they were hopping that curb all day. And mm. One time he took a little bit too much and it hopped all four wheels instead of just the two right wheels and the car bottomed out and spun around and uh, he sent it. Yeah, he sent it. <laughs> he was going faster than anybody else into that chicane or that. Yeah. Chicane all, all day. And yeah, he was gaining on people like even he was yeah. passing Sergio Perez earlier in the race. He gained like three or four car lengths just in that one chicane. And we did have a, we should bring up at this point, we had a vibrant F1 breakfast in the eraser discord, uh, probably 25 plus people, which was awesome. Probably maybe I saw 30, at least 100. Of course. Yeah. It was 150 yeah. million. Um, yeah. So that was pretty awesome. But, uh, and one of the things that came up was the discussion when he pitted for soft tires towards the end, trying to get the fastest lap, but then Red Bull reacted to that. Both their drivers pitted because they weren't going to lose the position put soft tires on and Max Verstappen still got the fastest lap and Freud didn't get it. So that kind of backfired in their face, but I mean, it was a valiant effort and um, I guess he kind of threw away second doing that in some respects a little bit because, you know, Red Bull probably would have done that too. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably could have just stayed out and not done it. Um, and maybe, maybe if they don't do it, Red Bull tries with Verstappen or something. I don't know. That'd be crazy. But you, you, I bet Perez would be the one they would try with. So that was interesting. Um, but yeah, I think that was everything. Formula One. Mercedes is uh, struggling. The the porpoising looks insane. Um, oh my goodness! I saw a report from Russell, George Russell. Basically, his back and his chest is killing him now because not much just the porpoising hurts. I know a lot of people are going to make a lot out of this whole Lewis versus George thing early on in the season. No doubt in my mind, George, as long as that car is struggling, will probably outperform Lewis because he's driven a really bad car for most of his career in Formula 1. He doesn't know a good well, car. <laughs> would it be safe to say that, you know, Lewis, he's, you know, he's at the tail end of his career, right? You know, what, yep. like I'd say at max, he's, you know, five more seasons, but I think that's even stretching Fine. it. That might be a stretch. I think it's even stretching it. So mm -hmm. I wonder, you know, maybe not publicly they haven't shared this, but I wonder if they built this car around George's what George likes. Mm. And maybe that's why he's outperforming him. Cause it's not common for F1 teams to do that. No, it's I, not. I just don't think you would do that to their seven time, $50 million champ. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. But I think the guy they're paying 50 million bucks as opposed to the guy they're probably paying two and a half million bucks or something. Is, I uh, yeah, I want to know what the, the wage gap is. Between I, you those know, two. Maybe, I, five, maybe he's making 5 million. I should say. I would guess 10. The, the only thing yeah. I would say to discredit that is the fact that they had all of last year to develop the car. And I don't even think they knew until the middle of the summer if they were going to keep Valtteri or go with George. So that's true. Good point. Oh, yeah. yeah I don't think there's yeah, that. Possible. But I think this car is obviously off. I think they'll figure it out. They will find speed and they'll be contending. I just don't know if they're going to do it in time. I don't think they will. They, they really needed to show something this weekend and they didn't. So I just don't see. You know, I see them maybe getting to where they start to turn it up to where they're f like f uh, late in the season, mid, mid before the summer break. They've probably got something, you know, maybe a, a win or two, but they're not going to challenge for a championship like this. There's no way. Uh, you know, I would love if it happened at Barcelona. Just there put you that go. out mm. there. Okay. Mercedes, yeah, if you're there. listening, any pending upgrades, 
please bring him to Barcelona. <laughs> I want to be the first to see them in person. I don't I don't have any statistics or proof to put this behind me, but we saw after Red Bull won their four championships and then they they went to the hybrid area after that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Bull dropped off. I mean, it dropped off yep. with Mercedes, but it took Red Bull you know, a decade to come back to be able to win a championship. So I don't know with how much Mercedes drops off. I don't know if they're going to... Their car is just so different than everybody else's, too. Like, mm-hmm. They're either going to come back and start dominating and winning races by 30 seconds, or like they'll be lucky if they are able to score points for the rest of the season. Well, I also think that... Lewis Hamilton will never win in our championship, so he'll stop at seven. Yeah, I mean, here I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this out here: Is Lewis Hamilton gonna win another race? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, he'll win another you race. You think so? What he'll race do you think he's gonna races. win? He just won't really? win uh, another championship. Yeah. I said he'll win multiple races. He won't win another championship. Oh, he won't win another championship. Okay. Yeah. Never yeah. I thought you said yeah. he would. Okay. So. Uh, next F1 race, guys, Miami, they're coming here to America. None of us are going, can't afford it. Um, <laughs> none of us, uh, you know, had, uh, trust funds. So there'll be a lot of, uh, there'll be a lot of, yeah. uh, truck and Xfinity series drivers there though. So, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a ton. Yeah. 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 There'll be a ton. <laughs> I just oh, want to see man. all the memes of the, of I the, know. uh, the fake, the fake boat docks or whatever. Well, that you know, it's going to be just Coachella, basically transplanted itself to Miami for the F one race. It's like the same. Oh, it's yeah. going to be the same crowd. Same. It's going to be the same thing with the Many Coda F1 which, race. They're going to have all I sorts have friends, of influencers there. I have friends who are in that crowd. Um, not putting them down. They just they don't have to work for a living. Um, so jelly. Moving on. Yeah, it sounds jelly. Nice. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the uh, real F1 race in America, which will be at Coda. And then like, the next year will be at Las Vegas. So, well, okay, uh, let's 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 wait on the Las Vegas one Whoa. until we see pricing. Let's wait to see if that's going to be a real race. If it's like Miami again, the only one real one's Coda. And even Coda is kind of pretty expensive. So Coda's not. I mean, for uh, I mean, they had 400,000 smart people there. Is yeah, there a that, reason why is aren't like weren't like spa tickets like 135 bucks like an American? Yes. yes. Why are it's the US like F one tickets insane? My, I mean, because they're gouging. Yeah, it's that's it, it is they're reflective of the demand. And European races, there are a bajillion of them for so long. Forever. Yeah, they've been around forever. Everyone's had an opportunity to see them. And only in the last two or three years has U.S. been a interested in F1 and b re- realizes they could go to an F1 race. So now suddenly they know that they can go, and everyone wants to go to see one. Simple supply and demand. Hence why we need more American F1 races. Yeah, I want I want to see them in Mid Ohio next year. Let's get on that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually want Definitely them in my local them. short track, my quarter mile. I want oh, to see Lime Rock. Yeah. I want it to be the Bristol of of uh, Formula One come to Lime Rock with the mm-hmm. with the jump, yeah. so that will go well. Forty yeah. some odd second lap times, and the they get to bump each other out of the way. They get bumpers, so they get, it's yes. Bristol. It's Bristol. They replace, for the front, they replace the front wing with just a bumper, a go kart yeah, bumper. bumper. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. it's gonna be That's awesome. Perfect idea. 
So moving on, guys. Let's go to NASCAR. Speaking of bumping, bump drafting, Talladega. We had the Xfinity series there. Landon Castle going for a hundred thousand bucks in the Xfinity series. Pretty good race. Got close. He was in contention. Noah Gregson won it. Um, the tightest suits in all of racing. Uh, yes. On top of the car. Mm-hmm. And climb the fence. I mean, I'm gonna be. On, I gotta ask. How does he get those things on? I gotta text him pretty soon and be like, "Bro, I, how do you get those on?" I I felt that it same doesn't way. look comfortable. I remember your Cup Series suit from last year. It looked like it was like really tight on you. It looked really fitted. Like I no, was like impressed because I was like, "Not that." No, no. His is no, like it was. His is like it's painted on his body. Yeah, this is like, yeah, this is really good. Got it, got it. Which is, I think it's an intentional thing because it's been like that for like over a year now. So I think he'd like some being. Got to be so, and it's the exact opposite of. uh, You guys may remember uh, Jack Villeneuve, (laughs) who did the this year. I remember he historically. Yeah, he's historically always had a suit that's like three times too big. It's just the wildest thing, and back in Formula One, like I always remember his BAR days, BAR Honda. Because the engines would blow like every week in those cars. Uh, Honda, when they first came in with that deal, it was they were fast, but they they had no reliability. So he was always walking from the car, and you always saw this race suit that looked like he was, you know, he took three steps, and then it it showed up afterwards. So yeah, it's like an astronaut. It's the most wild thing ever. And then you have Noah Gregson, who's got these suits that are like so tight. I don't even. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta text him. I'm gonna hit him up. Bulking, he's been bulking up in the gym, and he hasn't I, upgraded yeah. yet. I know he uh, parties a lot, uh, parties a lot. So I just good for him. I mean, he's getting it. That's what you got to have a good time, time. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it does. He's his character arc there. So I ain't hating. Um, he wins races. So I just want to say, but, well, hold on. Last thing on the Xfinity race, Landon Castle got damn close, missed it by a bumper there to get the hundred grand. But yes. another good run for them. If Ryan yep. Seaman would have dumped yep. him coming out of the trial, well, he would have got it. I don't think he he's it. too upset about it because he no. uh, AJ got it, and I mean that's the just team within wins. the organization. The so, yeah. So, so, as a, just right. as a Landon Castle fan, it was like you know, <laughs> yes, Nashville, absolutely. Ryan Nashville. I remember that. Okay, and then you, yeah, <laughs> you right. abandoned him coming out of the trial. Okay, <laughs> that's right. They I got a we, rivalry. Uh, I don't. I didn't know about this. I forgot about that rivalry. We should, yeah, we should, we should, shh, don't tell him. We're gonna I don't like, know if it's a rivalry. We're, we're going to like this It seems like Landon doesn't really care. We're going we're gonna, to, no, we're going to, we're going to set up like, like a series of Twitter accounts that are like trying oh, to juice that it are up. like trying to rife it up. Yeah. 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 Constantly. Yeah. We can get a, we get the crypto versus construction <laughs> company fight. The crypto boys might That's be in awesome. trouble. <laughs> Those construction, yeah. construction guys are pretty rough and tumble. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, oh, let's boy. go to the cup race. Uh, I thought this was one of the coolest super speedway races I've watched in a long time. There wasn't, like, my point being, it didn't, it wasn't 30 car pileups that made it cool or made it interesting. It just was, they couldn't get away from each other. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, yeah, they uh, were pretty much side by side like all day, everywhere. They just raced for the most part. Yeah, mm-hmm. it looked like 2005. Yeah, it did. It That's awesome. a great point. There was a really weird restart wreck with 
Joey Logano and all that, where he was just a pinball, that and odd. then that took out every. That was a very weird wreck, but I mean, you know, I thought I was thinking about that. I feel like if that was the Gen Six, he would have hit the wall and stayed on the wall, right? Or am I crazy? Mm. He like like no, I think the off. angle like, he went off, into it bounced off. Yeah, but I think the angle he went into it, you you would definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. I just find it very odd how Kyle Larson has kind of dropped off the season. You know, last year he yeah. was he was so on fire. Hendrick is still on fire this year, but not but him. He's just yeah, can't it figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's, like top ten, top five, but but he's not top two like he was last year. Like every race, you could like. I think every race last year, I was like, Kyle Larson's at contention to win this. And this yeah. year, not even well, not even in the back didn't of Didn't he mind. win 10 races last year? Well, uh, 11, abs- I think, if you could start. Something, something crazy. Yeah. So that's a pretty hard year to match. He, wore, he won one-third of the races, basically. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the five-team found something, and nascar didn't find out what they found and stopped them from doing it but because <laughs> well I, was, I feel like i assumed and i feel like a lot of other people assume that he would do even better this year because the car is gonna be hard yeah. to drive you know yep. it's not you know you don't need to be a rocket scientist i mean i guess you kind of have to anyway to be a rocket scientist to set him up still but yeah. not as much as you last year i would think um yeah yeah, it's weird. It's just it seems like every season we see something like that. We're like, depending on what the package is, one dude's really good, and then the next season it's just it's not a thing. Like like Kevin Harvick, he won nine races and then he hasn't won a race since. It's been like fifty seven races. I think people just you know, they hit great strides, the tire matches up what they're doing, their sim is on, the driver's feeling it, is engaged, is you know, doing the right preparation and it takes minute changes to change that. You know, if the tires yeah. suddenly change on the old car, it used to be you could go one week to a track, say Martinsville, and be dominant and then come back six months later and be 30th, and it's because they changed the tire, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. – that's how NASCAR's always been. The new car I think is, you know, part of the learning side of it. But I don't see – like I – if he was running – 30th and didn't have answer you know i think i think the performance is still there they just haven't gotten results but we'll uh we'll see i mean this is it, I, it's too early we're only 10 races in to say it. yeah it's still say, such a diverse set of tracks right so yeah i'd still say he gets to the final four at the moment i think yeah. whoa you think kyle larson's yep. gonna make it to the final four mm-hmm. i it's, have it's hendrick it's hendrick I feel like Hendrick always has something up their sleeve. I, Especially I this year with how fast they are. I think William Byron. I think Ross Chastain. Both big contenders there for the final four. You think Ross Chastain think, is a championship, a bona fide championship contender? I do. I mean, there are only two people in the series right now that have won two races so far. And yeah. Ross has won on two, on two separate tracks and has been performing with some of the highest averaging finishing positions over the last couple of weeks. I think, I, know, I mean, as I'm long as saying keeps, it's interesting, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's got the same kind of package going on that RCR and Hendrick's got going on those Chevy. Like it seems like the, the Chevy program and the next gen has really gotten to its stride. Whereas Ford and Toyota aren't quite at that same level. And I think Ross just has, the aggressiveness right now that's getting the job done but that's 
Hmm. That's just me. Yeah, that's no, a fair I like point. It. I think that yeah. that they definitely. I don't know. It's just. I'll, it'll be interesting to see regardless like the playoffs i just feel like if you put like he's just so fresh still rosses i feel like you put him in, in the playoffs against like kevin harvick joey logano brad gonna be they're just gonna eat him up you know <laughs> i think the t i think not just that you know i i think just marks and ty norris and those guys have done an incredible job with that team but you know you look at that group you know what who in that group and i don't know phil sturgeon's uh record actually particularly well so i don't know this answer very well so i i pardon me if i totally screwed this up but i look at that wonder in that group who has been in those scenarios right because when you get in the playoffs having just been a you know been a fly on the wall through the reporting side it is the pressure is felt throughout the whole team and it's felt and it's hardcore and it's real and it's really intense and it is the hardest thing i think one of the hardest things in modern motorsports is making it through this playoff format at times, especially if you're not the clear cut favorite, you know, you don't come in there with a ton of playoff points. You don't come in there. Maybe the most speed advantage making your way through that route. Those rounds is incredibly tough. So much has to go your way. So everyone feels that. And so I think even if the driver is on and the team is on now, one, it's a long season. We haven't even hit the slog of the summer where it gets hot. The races get slick. You hit stuff. Teams get behind. You know, team members get worn out, that sort of thing. And then you get thrust into the most high-pressure situations there is when you get to the playoffs. So it's a really tough thing, and that's why I think you see teams that are successful in that arena are very, you know, veteran-filled teams or teams that obviously have huge resources – um, but it'd be cool to see that track house continue all the way through. I'd, I'd love to see it. It'd be awesome. I, I think the one thing that I think helps them the most right now is they don't even need to focus on making the playoffs where some of those more veteran teams right now are stuck focusing on just trying to get a win to get that ticket into the playoffs. or trying to be in that points position. Track house has the 14 playoff points to sit and relax and decide, okay, here's how I want to address, you know, the, our development towards those playoff races. I think there is some sense of, you know, error to breathe there, but I absolutely agree. The rookie disadvantage is going to be certainly strong with that team. And um, I just think, I feel like Ross is one person that he's just seems to have been happy to be given this opportunity, even in the first place. Cause if you look at his career, career trajectory, it was going to a place that just you don't recover from after yeah. a, a certain point you don't recover from. And he's been given this whole second opportunity. So, I mean, it seems like to me, if he can let himself not let the pressure get to himself, then I think he's going to be a serious contender. You yeah. know what, Josh, I'll give it to you. Okay. Ross Chastain <laughs> final four. I'm with you. Okay. All right. Okay. Deal. All right. You, you, you convinced four, me. By the way. Yeah. Get what? the terminology right. Uh, yeah, it's four. not Thank Final Four. It's Championship Four. It's Final Four. Yeah. Um, I'm changing it right now. One thing I um, do want to go back to. Oh, go ahead. I oh. was just going to say uh, Max Verstappen and Ross Chastain, two weekends in a row where Max Verstappen wins the race and then Ross Chastain wins the race. They're both number one putting it out there. So if Max Verstappen wins a race, look at Ross Chastain hmm. for your lineup. That'd be Man, a really that fun been a concept. That'd be a cool game. Cool. <laughs> Interesting. 
wonder if someone should make that. Uh, yeah, somebody right. uh, maybe yeah, has developed a doc all about that already. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we should uh, look into that a little bit, okay, that idea. So one thing that happened that you guys mentioned was that wreck with Joe Logano uh, that was started by you know him getting run into a bit of a checkup. But well, the interesting thing was the way that Fox uh, put it out there with Dale Jr. did an awesome job was mm-hmm. showing you how Martin Truex Jr. was using the brake coming through the gears on the restart. And I think, you know, they did a good job explaining that in the, the time window they had. But to go a little further on that, and I did a bit of a tweet on this that got a lot of people's attention. You know, the one of the most misunderstood things in super speedway racing in NASCAR is that the best tool you have as a driver is the brake. And that sounds ridiculous, but especially if you're trying to lead or you're trying to create runs or you're trying to, you know, maneuver through the different lanes, the best tool you have is the brake. And that's because the brake can help you back up the group behind you to create a run to the cars in front. It can also, if you're a leader, create bumper pressure. Bumper pressure is what we used to, we discovered when we were doing tandem racing, which is the idea of how much pressure the two bumpers are putting on each other when it's obviously light, you're not getting pushed. And when it's too hard, that's when you have to sort of bounce away. And so you get to feel this, this pressure that you feel is the right amount. And that's one of the things we see, you know, especially if it's like a top lane deal or you see two cars hook up really well. A lot of times that's the front car using the brake to create that bumper pressure to the right amount. And then, of, you know, controlling that with the brake to allow the run to happen. So it's a really interesting thing. I think uh, fans don't quite realize, and that was cool to see, you know, it sort of brought to light on the broadcast. On a restart, it's not that conventional, but it, it, it definitely happens as you get to third to fourth gear that you'll do it when you're getting too far ahead. Um, so it, I think there's just, you know, people watch those races and think, well, you just go full throttle and turn left and run in the back of them. You know what I mean? You just try to bump through the air. And it's like, that's not how it's going. The brake is probably the most used thing. And to give you an example of how used it was, when we were doing those tandem deals, people were burning brakes up. So they went to putting basically full road course brakes on those cars at the times because the brakes were so important to creating the speed that you would. So anyways, your little history lesson slash tech lesson. Wild. I don't know. That is very interesting. Um, I was enjoying the fact that um, Fox seems to have heard a lot of the feedback from the NASCAR audience and toned down the wackiness of the pre-race and got a little bit more technical. So kudos to Fox for taking a little bit of a different approach. Um, And I saw that a lot of people on Twitter were satisfied with stuff. So, um, yeah, I I I see the broadcast this year. Yeah, that was was definitely one of the best. Yeah, bringing Dale on was great idea i loved it. he's awesome he's just the man he's so good yes so good he is really really plus you could tell like he's like he really enjoys it you know he's over there shouting and hollering and him and clint like together being goofballs is is pretty good i liked it a lot (laughs) i thought it was great yeah so uh just going forward in that race basically you, you mentioned ross winning but how he won was really interesting you basically, you know, have that long green flag run to finish the race. They're all running in a line. They all break, you know, bunch of guys break out and make moves and try to block each other, which Eric Jones, I feel terrible for because I think he drove an awesome race. And in that last run there for 20 laps, that car was completely out of control, getting bumped by whoever was behind him. I can't remember exactly who, maybe it was Larson or so on. And I mean, 
I, he should have wrecked five times. <laughs> and he just kept holding on to it. And you could just sense how bad he wanted to win in that 43 car. Be huge for Eric Jones, huge for uh, Richard, uh, was it RPM GMS, RPG, Petty GMS, Petty GMS, sorry, for Petty GMS. And to no avail, he couldn't cover both lanes. But Ross Chastain did nothing. <laughs> he just rode yeah. on the bottom and won the race. And it's like, this is kind of a, it's funny is there's a theme maybe in the sport that's identifying this a little bit um, out there that this is sort of the style that, that is predominantly successful. And um, I just found it funny when we think about super speedway racing and we think about blocking eight lanes and moving all over the place and making all these things. And the guy who just rode on the bottom, didn't make a move, won the race. Yep. Yep. So, we we witnessed that clear. last night in uh, the Monday night racing. It's exactly what we did. We were in. Yeah. You made a move. Uh, you got blocked and then nobody went with you and you're stuck on the bottom. And then Presley Sora was <laughs> running around on the top. He didn't make any moves on anybody. They wrecked him from him and he won the race. And it's like, and, and we should the, just stay yeah. in line. And I was thinking about not making the move. And then I'm like, eh, let's have some fun. And I shoot it to the bottom and then get blocked and it totally ruined our night. And we ended up finishing fourth. And if we probably just didn't move the front two guys wreck, we win the race. <laughs> yeah. It was like, just don't you put all you do is you use the moves to get yourself in position. What I've realized, having been successful at super speedways before, is I do enjoy the idea. Like in that race, you, you and I were doing the Monday night race. We drove from basically dead last all the way up to the top two and over a 30 lap green flag run. And the way you do it is making those moves and moving through the pack and timing your lanes and that sort of thing. But eventually, once you get there, don't do anything. Just put yourself in the top five, top four, and you have a shot to win because you're just going to you know, pick the lane you think is going to be the predominant lane and don't move. And you probably have a better chance of getting a solid finish or being in victory lane. So I, I will say you about killed the field twice, and I think right. you self-cleared yourself at least once or twice. I, I had a couple of scary moments. I didn't had a couple of scary moments. It was all under control. Did was- anyone wreck? Did I wreck? No. Then it was under control. My favorite you, moment. You were hoping that other people were going to lift. And I think Malik Ray, the e-NASCAR driver, could have let you wreck if he so chose. How did the back bumper? He just, it just, I held on to it. Yeah. Well, that was my favorite moment in the race is Malik <laughs> and somebody, I think it was Matt Busa maybe, or Landon Huffman. They're coming with a full head of steam on the bottom lane. Parker's <laughs> up in the top lane, chilling. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, they're coming. Uh, Three car lengths back, two, one, and Parker moves down. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I got I, nailed. <laughs> I was sitting there and I was like, all right, if a wreck happened, that is 100% on Parker. So, Well, the best part about the whole thing is I would have been there sooner, but when I turned down really hard to the left, I lost it. And so I was dead sideways for a second, wrecking in front. I thought I was going to spin out in front of the field, which was going to be hilarious by oh, myself. So embarrassing. And also, so embarrassing and so i was like oh no and then they they like gathered up and they ran right in the back of me i was like all right this all worked out and then that'd I, be I one apologize. of those moments that'd be one of those moments where you spin out and then you just crank your wheel all the way to the left and then br- <laughs> slam your brakes down and your gas down so it makes you look like your wheel disconnected that's <laughs> <laughs> it's what you do there in those situations i never thought about that but that's a good one yeah that's what i do that's what i do when you i accidentally just, spin out yes like, oh, I, there you go disconnected well, you got, you got to uh, do is you, you got to do what Daniel Hemrick unfortunately didn't do, which is just turn it left and spin it to the inside, and you know, oh, you'd be, you'd be better off. He had a pretty yep. hard hit 
in the uh yeah that was a hard, that might be the hardest yeah. crash so far with the that new car me. i mean he that thing turned right and i i'm not saying he did anything wrong ever i mean no look he's trying to hold on to the race car but in retrospect he might be like man i probably should have just cranked it left and held on <laughs> something but that's that new car it can do that it's pretty sketchy so um let's go on I think that's everything NASCAR. Looking forward to this weekend at Dover. It's going to be fun to see this car there. I think that'll be really interesting. Um, What's the name of the track? Dover. Mm-mm. Got it the wrong. Monster Mile. Try again. Wait, nope, what? Got it wrong. Oh, they changed it. They changed, they changed the name. Dover Motor Speedway. SMI. Okay, well, no. See, there you go. Well, there Dover you go. Speed- I'm helping you out as a pit road reporter. You're going to say the right thing now. You can thank uh, me later. Hey, I'm not thanks going, for letting us know it's... Oh, go ahead. I'm going to Laguna Seca. Oh, oh, Imsa? wait, this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You want to grab a drink? Are you near there? Yeah, that's like a three-hour drive from me. Two-hour oh, drive. No, three hours. <laughs> Two hour. <laughs> I'll I'll drive there. I'll drive. I'll drive. Go I get a look drink. I got to look at the schedule and see what it's like. We'll you got to understand that's like a gr- trip to the grocery store for Josh. Honestly, yeah, California is so big. It, it's it's right down the road from me. It's not. Yeah, big. I was like, you live in L.A. I was like, you don't live near there. No, I don't live in L.A. I live in live Northern in California. I thought you lived near the LA. exact opposite side. L.A. is like an eight-hour drive from me. I thought you were in L.A. This guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought you were near L.A. That's don't you pay him? Don't you have his address like <laughs> on your bankroll or whatever? Yeah, I just I, I guess I, I wasn't I, paying attention. California I, is very foreign to me. I it, go there a lot, but I never understand it. I never understand it. It's so it is like the state that everyone just assumes it's either San Francisco or LA. There is no other part of the state. You're There's either no in San Francisco or LA. I mean that is I live, true though. I live in that San Francisco. Does that, does that make it easier? I live in San Francisco. I'm constantly yes. in fear of falling off the edge of the California with a big earthquake and falling into the ocean. So Got it. Does that all play right. into all your California it. stereotypes? That makes no. That makes yeah. That makes it really and that the awesome. water is not warm. By the way, no, no. The um, coldest winter I ever survived was a summer in San Francisco. So yeah, that's Ernest Hemingway. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm. So <laughs> I want to move on. Laguna Seca. Laguna Seca. Yeah, I'm going to. Oh, I'm going to Laguna Seca for the IMSA race. So I'm doing the NBC coverage nice. of the race. Should be fun. That'd be cool. I've never been to Laguna Seca. I've always wanted to go. So I'm pretty oh. excited about that just to see it. Yeah. Um, but I am flying in Friday morning and I fly out in the red eye Sunday night. So I got to figure that out. And I think it's a pretty dense schedule, but guys, I wanted to talk, uh, news. Do we have any news? Did any, of you I have news? news. You have All news. Right. Go ahead. Let's see. Yeah, you have news. I had it pulled up on my phone, ready to go. It's actually about the Xfinity race. Oh, uh, Do we have to wait. This is from Jeff Gluck. Per NASCAR data, the 2.1 million people who watched the Talladega Xfinity Series race on Saturday made it the most viewed Xfinity race on any track or network since the 2017 season opener at Daytona. Wow. Wow. That's huge. That's incredible. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That ties into a conversation I was having with an industry member who said that the economics of super speedway racing make it so that we should not go. And I told him he Who was said that? At, he works on a team. I'm not going to name him, but he is uh, a team member. On a team He's never had to sell sponsorship then. Knows the finances of the team. And I'm trying and I try to tell him respectfully that 
um, most people would not be NASCAR fans if it wasn't for super speedway racing to hook them in. Yep. 100%. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of true. I, d- I still do believe we could we could put five or six uh, incredible, unique short tracks where Talladega currently stands. I don't disagree with you. I just don't think it would have the same curb appeal as think, yeah. Super Speedway Racing does. I think it'd be great. We call it the gauntlet. You have to win on each track, and then you get like a special trophy if you win on all of them. You get your own yes. statue at the Speedway. Wow. Um, there you go. Like a sword. If I ever come rich, that's what I'm doing. I'm buying Talladega and putting eight short tracks in it. Okay. I'm with you, Josh. Now, my thing has always been it's the greatest marketing for the sport. It's the most replayed type of racing in the sport. It is the most Mm -hmm. unique form of racing in NASCAR and only entirely unique to NASCAR. It is also the most easy to understand, most easy to consume, and Mm -hmm. it is the most easy to sell for sponsorship. So I everyone's got completely a chance. Agree. And if you want to think about it in an entirely theoretical, uh, what am I going with this? What's the word I'm looking for? Not just theoretical, but, um, what's hypothetical? it Hypothetical? Like? No, not hypothetical. Um, in a, I'm Scientific. looking for the word. Can't think of it. Maybe describe what the word is supposed to mean. Mm, what I'm trying to say is basically, if you want to think about it from a broader view, super speedway racing from is the 30,000 foot level. Or- well, yeah. If th- super speedway racing is sort of what we sold, what everyone is sold at believing what motorsport is. And what I mean by that is when they, when you're five years old and you watch a race, you believe anyone can win. You believe all the cars are fun and exciting. All the drivers are the most interesting people heroes. in the world. They're superheroes. They're going to do this amazing thing. They're going to go really fast, and the best driver is just going to find a way to win. That is super speedway racing. <laughs> that is, yep. it is the it is the most Santa pure of motorsports. Yeah, it's the most pure form and of the ideology. That was what I was looking for. The ideology of what makes over what is motorsports and what is entertaining about it. So for me, super speedway racing is absolutely here to stay forever. It mm-hmm. now should not go further than what we probably have now with Atlanta. You you don't need Absolutely. it more than four to five times at all. Any more mm-hmm. than six, and we've gone too far with it. But it is so special. It is so unique. Yes, it is dangerous. Yes, it is frustrating. Yes, it is horrifying expensive. sometimes, and it's expensive. But it probably propels 90% of the sport. Uh, Whoa. and so absolutely it has to stay there yeah i wow. so i was my my argument was no tv deal would be worth any money if it didn't include super speedway racing there is i think there is a clear line that there there are a certain amount of super speedway races and they're distributed so that the DV, tv deals are worth as much as they are daytona has one on the nbc and the fox side Tyladega has one on the nbc and fox side i think those are one of the biggest pushes there's also a reason why the Xfinity well, race one's, was on. One's really big. On, yeah, one is one is really big, but I'm sure you want that race. You can pay more for it. Um, yep. But the point being, there is a reason why both the Xfinity and the Cup race was on Big Fox over the weekend. Oh, the yeah. Xfinity and the, race. So. And the truck Talladega race is on Fox every year. Yep. For that reason. So the other thing is, this is pretty interesting. So at Bristol... The truck race 
had the highest was the highest rated truck race in years um and i think higher than daytona something like that and now you have it was huge it was like 1.1 million viewers for trucks which is nuts and then you had this happen for the xfinity race this weekend something is going on where people are obviously you know paying more attention and what i think it is someone said this on reddit and i thought it was really smart so shout out to reddit and whoever said this i can't remember but they were like, you know, if you look at the TV ratings for Cup, they're up, but they're not as drastically up as these things. Obviously, all you know the the understand the understood ideology amongst trucks and Xfinity is that those people also watch Cup. It's just a smaller fraction of people that don't watch, you know, that also watch that watch Cup that also watch Xfinity and trucks. Like you just mm-hmm. become a super fan for whatever reason. Those people, more of them who watch cup are deciding to watch the other series as well, which I think is interesting that, you know, those becoming more passionate fans for NASCAR racing, which is cool. So I like that. You know, I mean, there is an argument to be said, how many cup drivers were in the truck series race at Bristol? Two. There were two, but they were relatively big names. Um, yeah. Whether you wanted to watch them or not, that I'm sure helped it, but it's just, I think at the end of the day, they're finding out that the racing in the lower series is almost just as good as the racing at the upper series, if not better in a lot of ways. Yeah, and the, and the 75 truck uh, was has been running really well, and so I think that probably drew in at Absolutely. least three-quarters three of a million uh, viewers. You know, you, you brought up a great point with that Reddit comment. Um, I saw a very similar comment with a different sport, MMA, on uh, YouTube, hmm. where somebody brought up amateur sports leagues like not the highest level not the lowest level like not newbie level but not the pro level are sometimes more exciting than the pro level like mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason why there's a draw yeah. with like this usfl thing they're not yep. necessarily nfl players but they're still like pretty good and apparently the ratings for that's doing pretty well from what i hear um yeah from the re- one reddit comment i read um <laughs> and people love amateur mma fighting because like pro MMA fight, you ever watch UFC events? Like sometimes they don't like engage with each other, or even with boxing because they're they know how dangerous the other person is, so it can make it more boring. Where at the amateur level, people don't know what they're doing; they're just going for it. You know, same with like football or soccer. Everybody's out there trying to make a name for themselves. In some ways, it can make it more entertaining. You know, that's why I mean, that's why we're yep. seeing all these fights in Xfinity over the years in trucks. Yeah, Whereas the Cup guys have kind of more mm-hmm. respect for each other. You know, absolutely. I think. It's uh, absolutely the point. And I think, you know, NASCAR is a lot like golf, where even though the lower rungs are pros, right? Mixed in with amateurs sort of combined together. And I've always found golf to be fascinating in its lower ranks and the people fighting to get in the PGA Tour and those just that are on the the cusp of the PGA Tour. So I always think of it as a similar thing where we have this, you know, other series that are pro but also mixed with amateurs that are, you know, either trying to get to the top level or have been there already and, you know, just keep doing the sport. So uh, I want to get yep. my news. Can Go I get my news? All right. Yeah. So this is going to be outlandish. No one was expecting this, guys. Super Formula, which is over in Japan. It is their premier single-seater series. Let's hear it trials hybrid body panels in their latest next gen test they're also calling it the next generation car just copyright yep it is uh 
a body panel made from a mix of natural hemp fiber and carbon fiber because it's supposed ah. to be more sustainable, reusable materials that were made. But also, if you haven't seen a Super Formula car, these used to be Formula Nippon many years ago, which I drove in R-Factor and such. It's always been a fascinating series to me because it's basically like their version of IndyCar, a little bit more spec, uh, a little smaller, but you get so many guys over the years that have gone there, probably since the 80s, that have gone there um, on their way to Formula One or teams. Formula One teams have sent them over there. I believe Jensen Button went over there for a while. You had guys who went over there and never left. They just became Super Formula or Formula Nippon aces. There was a French guy that was there forever. Uh, it was one of the, the best guys over there. And now they're using it again as a sort of like in between Formula 2 and F1 or even doing both. So pretty interesting. And those cars are wild and they sound crazy and they look incredible. So maybe we can throw up a picture for the video people, but check out Super Formula. Yeah. You could also watch um, these races for a while on YouTube and like this with this commentary from like these funny guys or whatever, which I think we should take over if they're done with it. And AJ, you'll be the uh, lead commentator for the thank you uh super formula american broadcast yeah thank you very much yeah that <laughs> yeah. sounds great it's cool that they're having more uh sustainability hemp is a very yeah. versatile plant it grows thousands of times quicker than trees and uh you know almost every way good for the environment so Love that. I, I'm, I'm looking i'm i'm looking at these cars and they are definitely wicked cool you know what i i with all that being said i I think there's one thing that I just love nowadays that I can't get over is the fact that every time I see an open open wheel car, it has some sort of um, head protection system now. And yeah, that just makes do. me so happy to see that. It just there was so much backlash when they first introduced them. And now it seems like it's a well, duh, we should have that. Why didn't we have that sooner? Sort of yeah, we should have that 20 so, years ago is what yeah, yeah. Now, you know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. which would yeah, be great. It's really cool to see that on there. Um, is that all your news, Parker? That's it. That's it. That's a on yours. Car. Right. Good looking race car. All right. I have two pieces of news. Um, first piece of news is kind of going back to Ross Chastain. Uh, the fact that his car that he used to win the Talladega race was also the same car that he used to win the Coda race. Same exact <laughs> chassis. The amount, the amount of versatility with the next gen car is incredible. I love it. I think it's really cool. And I, and it's been so long since you can bring a road course car to, you know, a completely different type of circuit and have it be a race winning car. So love it. It's epic. Yeah. Um, and second piece of news, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Has officially been crowned a moon car winner. He won <laughs> a moon car race over the last week in incredible <laughs> fashion, flying through the air and flipping across the start finish line. Um, no better way to do that. I, I might actually insert the I'll get Travis's permission. And if he gives it to me, I will insert the finish right here. Now that for the you've YouTube seen audience. It, yes, for our YouTube and Spotify audience, you can also listen to it. I'll just leave the audio on so you can hear Travis screaming, which is great. His 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 new me it's a new meme is putting Travis's reactions over actual race finishes oh, and they yeah. are pretty awesome. they're pretty entertaining love that so love that tyler gary with the lead will they make it to the white flag this time side by side for second oh gary needs to go up and block oh he couldn't get there gets a big shot there from the 88 here we go oh 
Martinez gets third. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. Big wreck down into one. Big wreck down into one. Sean Butler to the lead. Sean Butler leading Dale Jr. and Kyler win. Oh, this is gonna be a brawl now. This is gonna be a brawl. Down into turn number three. Sean Butler still leads. Junior gonna run up high. Here comes Kyler Wynn behind him. Oh, this is gonna get exciting now. Here we go. Junior to the outside. Here comes Kyler Wynn. They are side by side. Wynn through the middle. Out of the triangle. They wreck. Dale Junior wins it. Dale Junior is a moon car winner. He had to do it upside down, by God, but he won it. Dale Junior, you're a moon car winner. How's it feel? How's it going, man? Man, that was wild. A lot of fun. So you join an elite list of people who have won on their first night. I don't have it in front of me, but there's only been a few. How's that feel? Yeah, I feel better now because I threw away that dirt race we were running right before this, um, leading and right front into the fence and just stepped on it real bad. But um, that was pretty fun, and especially coming across the finish, <laughs> the finish line backwards in the air. Yeah, that uh, I'd like to say that's the only time that happened, but that's happened a lot in the car. Well, I got Waffle House to eat. Anybody you want to say hi to? I just want to thank y'all, man. I appreciate what y'all do, and uh, y'all y'all got a great buzz going on on the service, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. We got a lot of great people that race with you. I follow along on social media, see what y'all are up to, and uh, fun to finally be part of it. Well, I appreciate you coming out. Congrats on the win. Thank you, man. Big Moonhead fans around here, Moon Car fans. Travis is in Travis is in Victory Lane with Dale and Noah. After Noah, yeah, that was cool. So, yep, it's very cool. Love so, and Fox and Fox showed that that finish on <laughs> national television. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, dude, yeah. Ed, you made it! It's awesome. I love it. I love it. So happy for him. So yeah, very cool. Yep. Love that. That's exciting. Um, Our first ever guest on the podcast. He was. Yes. We blew him up. Epi episode five, <laughs> Travis. You can thank us for getting your name out there. Hey, just like hey, just like we had Garrett on, and Gary had his best finish. We had we had yeah. Moonhead on, and then it, it, this happens, you know. We're, Landon we're almost, we had Landon on. He almost won a hundred thousand dollars in a race. So, yep, it's true. Well, it's after true. we had Landon on, he had uh, his career best finish. Yeah, which then he beat like three other times. But you know, we're not gonna. Well, you know, it's still because <laughs> it started with us. I mean, yeah. we started with us at the scene. Start with it us. Grew a, like a plant of hemp. It just blew up and blossomed okay. real quick. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. Well, guys, it's dinner time for me here. This has been fun, but I'm going to say goodbye to you. Yeah, it's late. Um, and be sure to watch the like replay of Ian Ascar. Um, oh, yeah, that's tonight. We're racing tonight. Dover. We're going to win. Yep. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> We're going to win. You're going to see it right here from us first. In the past, telling you in the future that we won tonight, which was last night, if you're listening to this on yep. Wednesday. Play so. the music, because we don't want them to think about it any further. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Confused and distract. Hey, uh, Parker. Yep. We go out for birthday drinks over the weekend. How does that sound? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Done with you. Ah, uh, you knew he was going to turn into that. Oh, my goodness. You can't go now. You can't absolutely. You cannot go now.